Lord Jesus Christ, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it was fantastic. I hope it was filled with good people and good food and a little bit of fun and joy and laughter, but one thing we all kind of knew throughout the week is that it was going to be filled with one other piece, and that piece was rain. Now, we knew that. I don't know if some of you knew that through the Farmer's Almanac, and you looked at that, and you said, you know what? It says, according to this thing with this deal, that we're going to have rain. For most of us, we watched this. We said, you know, it's going to rain. And we know it's going to rain because we look on the Doppler, and that's the way it works. We track this stuff now. My wife is in Minnesota this morning. They tracked it all the way to there. They didn't take a chance with the 737 going from Orange County to Minneapolis. You just don't take a chance when you don't have to. Because of the weather, the plane, the plane sat in Orange County for three hours, kind of waiting to fix a few things and waiting to make sure that they could land in Minneapolis. When I was growing up as a kid, I don't remember it being that precise. I don't remember them, my parents being able to say, you know, it's Thanksgiving, and at 1017 at our address, it's going to start to rain. It just didn't work that way just a generation ago. You kind of took your chances with the weather. But now we don't really have to. And some of that's really good because I would have hated to put my wife on that airplane and say, well, we'll see how the weather goes. I hope it's all right. Boy, we don't really know. Farmer's Almanac it is pretty accurate. Sometimes it's on and sometimes it's off, but we'll see how it goes, honey. Maybe we'll see it Tuesday and maybe we won't, but we'll be all right. You know, we all love Jesus. So it'll all be okay. <laughs> we just don't play that game anymore. There's not so many stories about that anymore. There used to be so many stories in the northern part of the United States about people going out in the snow and not knowing what was coming and getting stuck on the road, and then tragedy happens. But now we've got this. We've got radar. we got it figured out. And so we can predict within certain margins just about anything that goes on in the world. And we try to. And the Internet and the digital age provides instant feedback on predictions. I predict today that the football team will win and that my fantasy team will win by X amount of points. And, that, and before church is done today, I'll know precisely by how many fantasy points I am pounding my friend in Fort Collins, Colorado today. We live in that sort of age and we, and we live for that. You, you want to have that immediate feedback. And when we have to wait for feedback, we have to wait for an understanding, or we have to wait for something to break until we get more information to make a decision, we don't live in such a patient time. So expectations are a difficult piece for us. Our parents' parents would say, it's okay, sit down and relax, it's all right. And our parents would say to us, just put your phone down and chill out, it'll be okay. And we say, wait a minute, I got a new tweet, here's how it's coming down. The people of Israel did not have the luxury of Doppler radar, Twitterverse, or the internet. They didn't even have newspapers in movable type, but they had prophets. They had a prophet named Isaiah, called to bring the word of the Lord, to paint a picture of what would be in the reality that God is still working. 
And in our scripture reading today from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, the first five verses, you, you, you've got not a tweet, but you've got a marvelous story unfolding here of God creating expectations, of God using the mouthpiece of a prophet to say, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm doing. Here's who I am. And here's how it's going to be. But a prophet was just one guy, one voice, one time, one age, one moment. The prophet couldn't put his sermon on a website and then send it out in links to everyone across Judea or the Israel, the, the, the Judean countryside. And so the story would go from person to person and life to life. I heard Isaiah speak yesterday. Did you hear what he said? I heard that the word of the Lord came to that guy from that place. His name was Isaiah. Did Did you hear it too? He brings us words of hope and peace. That God hasn't forgotten us. That in the midst of all the things and stuff of life that God is still working and active in our midst. So God brought the prophets to bring the story, the narrative of life and the Messiah to his people. So that the people would continue to believe and hold in their hearts the goodness and the providence of, of the Lord. And it was tedious. I love the idea of your boys telling your daughter the story of her baptism today. And maybe when they're 20, they look at her and she'll be, what, about 13 or 12. And they'll tell the story and you'll go, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. And, and grandma and grandma and mom say, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. And there's something beautiful to that. There's something organic to that. There's something that in telling a story, there's a richness of the of the individual experience that comes in that. And I love that piece of the faith in the prophets, that we hear it all in a context of our own lives and our own place and our own situation. But we hear the word and the hope of God that comes through Isaiah. I love that from, from chapter 2. You may want to look at that and open your bulletin if you'd like to kind of follow along a little bit. But it's, it, it just lays it out. He said, this is what it's going to be like. This is how it's going to work. And here's the promise of God. And I'm going to take 60 some chapters and all sorts of time. And I'm going to let you know exactly what God is going to do and what God is doing right now. But in our lives, from that story to story, there's a radical change. A radical change in perspective. There's an instantaneous and constant prediction that is within a small amount of error. Things are precise when we predict them. And we don't say, well, there's about a 50-50 chance. We don't read that when it comes to political pundits and they say, well, you know what? We can estimate now with us and such that we're at 44.2% versus 37.8%. And you're like, wait a minute. I can barely do fractions. The decimals on this are killing me. What's going on? But we live our lives in this instantaneous feedback of of exactitude, of points and tens of points and hundreds of points, trying to predict what the future will be and how things will unfold. And it seems maybe that grandma and grandpa have a thing going where they look and they say, let's just see how it works out. Isaiah's hearers maybe nodded their heads a little bit and said, Let's see what God is doing and let's see how this works out. But in an age and a time like today, 
it's a different kind of listening that we need to hear when we hear from Isaiah. And sometimes having all that information brings comfort. As I put Barb on the airplane, I was comforted to know that by the time she landed, she had about a four-hour window to drive from Minneapolis Airport to her parents' farm. I was able to know that my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were going to come and give her a ride, that my nutty nephew Seth would be there to give comic relief for the three hours over the river and through the woods. It brought a lot of comfort to know that everything was going to be okay. But sometimes having all that information brings fear. We have instantaneous feedback when a missile is launched from North Korea. We have instantaneous feedback when something goes on on a, on a, on a device on an arm with a, a sugar monitor or a, or, or a defibrillator or something. You have instant feedback. And sometimes while we like the timing of that, we really struggle with the message it brings. And those words don't sit in our hearts as much as they sit in our brains and churn and churn and churn and churn a sense of anxiety and nervousness. And sometimes having all that information so quickly drives a sense of fear. And then there are those moments where the, the, it, 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 it's not always right. Doggone it, the rain was supposed to be done by Thursday night into Friday morning. And after I cleaned up everything in the backyard and took it all down and had it all set, it rained. Now they got to be kidding me. My smoker's got water all over it. This is ridiculous. The rain was supposed to be done by 8.15. It's 8.30. What's going on? But our pundits aren't always right. There's always a margin of error as well in the commentary of the day. Even Mr. Doppler sometimes gets it wrong. But not Isaiah. Isaiah comes in a, in a marvelous way with a powerful reaffirmation of what God is doing in the midst of his people. God is still working, Isaiah said. He said, the Lord's been quiet for a while, but rest assured that God is working. God is working to bring his Messiah the one who would come to, 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 to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God is still working. He's not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He's not out to lunch. He's not taking his mandatory PTO before the end of the year. God is not doing all of that stuff. God is working. And he's working in, the, in wombs and families through generations to bring to bear a baby in a manger who would be the Savior of the world. He hasn't abandoned his promise from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob into Moses and the people of Israel, God is continuing to work. And His ways and His laws and His paths are the way for His people to follow Him. His way of salvation. His laws that bring order to life and bring predictability to relationships. And His path of salvation life. Isaiah calls his hearers back to saying, God is still working. His ways, his laws, his paths are worth it and they work. Don't abandon them. And the best gift of all, peace. 
Isn't that beautiful where Isaiah says, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Where the Lord is working, there is peace. Not a peace that is in conflict with the chaos and dissonance of the world, but a peace in Christ, a peace through the Messiah that transcends the chaos, the disorder, the violence, and the war of the world. And so Isaiah's prophecy brings hope. One light, one candle for hope. Hope is simply a faith that looks forward that says God is still working, that God is doing great things, that God has not abandoned us, that God is here and now doing what he does, leading people to faith in himself and bringing salvation to bear on their hearts and their lives. So God is. Story of Isaiah has gone from person to person, from family to family, from generation to generation. And here's what Isaiah says to us today, that God hasn't abandoned us. He is at work here and now in the midst of your life. And he's establishing, establishing his authority in eternity through what goes on here and now and what went on previously. Part of the focus of Advent is, is, is future that Christ is coming back. But he's coming back in light of the fact that he's already been here. And we celebrate the fact that he's been here. Man, the tree is fantastic. The place looks gorgeous. Dr. Heidi's been training musicians for the last month and a half. We're ready for Christmas, man. We could do it today. But we got a little bit of time to see what God is doing in the broader, bigger focus of life. For when that Messiah was born, he was the one who changed the whole relationship of God with man, or better spoken, sealed it. He came not to judge, he came not to be angry, he came not to condemn, rather he came to bring life and salvation through grace and truth. His authority being sealed on the cross. The authority to forgive. The authority to call people unto himself. The authority to love all found in Jesus in the manger, on the cross, and coming back. Isaiah says to us today that, that there is a way of life and a way of, of looking at life that is excellent. And man, do we compete with that today. The church and the world and the scripture, we compete like we've never competed maybe in 500 years. It used to be we kind of owned the worldview. It was our music, our architecture, our church, our story, our people, our stuff, you know, our way of thinking, our way of doing everything. 500 years, we've had a good run. And now we struggle, try to figure it out. But there is a way of life here that is the best way of life. Isaiah talks about it like this. He says, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Isaiah says to us today, 
that following the path of the Lord is still the best path. It's not the course of least resistance. It's the best path. It's the way of life. It works. We baptize sailor into a pathway that leads from here onto eternity. And we believe in Jesus and what he says, that that's the best way to live a life. The most fruitful, the most productive, and the most peaceful. Peace. When I say my prayers, I say I want to just like to live a quiet, peaceful life. What do you really want? I really want a quiet, peaceful life. I want to be able to close my eyes at the end of the night and have a sense of peace. I want to be able to look at the guy in the mirror with the scraggly beard and have peace in my soul. More than anything, I would love peace. So Isaiah reminded his hearers that day and reminds us this morning that peace is here in the Messiah and that these Messiah will be the Prince of Peace. That we have peace with God through the Messiah, through Jesus, through the one who saves us. And that God is not some angry, vengeful guy in the sky who takes joy and sticking it to his people, but God is the one who's worth patiently through generation after generation after generation to bring his peace to bear in Christ. And that one day when the shade goes up on what is all seen here, that what will be left and led into is eternal peace. And I love that idea that comes with the prophets that peace is nearer now than it was. Day by day and bit by bit, we get closer to the Lord. We get closer to that day when he will come back or the day we will come to be with him. Called to be at peace. And a word that goes right in with that as well as hope. Isaiah's prophecy brings hope that God is doing what God is doing. Isaiah's prophecy says, get, get your spiritual life on your radar. Go back to the ways, the laws, and the path. Because that is the way, the law, and the pathway of hope. And Isaiah's prophecy helps us find a focus on God's love for us in Jesus, the Messiah. And that love in Christ makes all the difference in the world. It allows us to deal with those things that are constant and steady. And it allows us to deal with those things that are unpredictable and maybe come from off the radar. So great is his love for those who fear him. And finally, Isaiah's prophecy brings hope and a sense for you today of a peace that is deep in your soul. A peace that's beyond what am I going to buy and what am I going to cook and who's coming over and what's the weather like and how's my fantasy football team and how blah, 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 blah. All reducing down to the peace of Christ that sits in your soul. And a love from God for you in Jesus that grows richer and deeper through faith as the day draws near towards Christmas. 
and as the day of the Lord draws near as well. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Thanks, Lord, for Advent. Uh, we're going to mark down days to shop and days for thus and such, and we're going to have times and all this exact stuff, and it, it, 8 million emails to buy 70 million things and whatever. Give us pause for at least those moments that we are in here to think about a promise that you made and that you kept. And the promise that you made years and years and years ago that you are on your way to keeping as well. That one day we will be with you in eternity. Bless us as your children who follow after you. Allow us to be inheritors of and speakers of the message of salvation. And bless us with a sense of hope, a sense of peace as we move towards Christmas. This we pray in Jesus' name.